Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie, and we have a very special episode today. We brought on the entire Razball Bills Mafia. We have Viz. Viz, how you doing? <laughs> In regards to football, it's been a lot better, but overall, no complaints. All right, Reed? Uh, getting over my hangover, um, the Bills game did not help out whatsoever yesterday. Nathan Peterman's performance did not help out whatsoever we'll, yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. I can only imagine how much that game would have bothered me if I drank at all. Like, <laughs> usually I do, and for some reason I didn't yesterday, and I probably would have been even more fired up than I already was. All right, and Zach. I Zach, am you... doing great. The Patriots won. Life is oh, good. It's it's Victory Monday. It is. I have a new microphone, by the way, so I'm back on my normal computer after a two-week goof, and I'm, uh, I'm ready to hear the... The angry Al, uh, Viz and uh, Reed. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to say about this one. All right, let's start with Viz. Uh, Viz, what do you have prepared <laughs> for us today? Oh, oh, I don't. Where do you even want me to start? <laughs> like, it's all right. Hold on. I guess let's just as a uh, the only other member here besides Viz of the Bills Mafia and the Ra- the Razball Fancy Hockey Podcast, which everyone should check out. By the way. Um, Let's just start here. Viz, what did you think of the decision to go with Nathan Peterman going into the Chargers game, regardless of the outcome? Oh, if, if you go back on my Twitter, I was already fired up because, I mean, Tyrod just doesn't get the respect that he deserves for being at least an average quarterback. I mean, if you look at QBR, he's been a top 10 quarterback since he started for the Bills. If you look at Pro Football Focus, he grades out uh, 12th. Two years ago, 13th last year, and 9th this year. Uh, you know, do I think he's perfect? No. Is he the long-term answer? No. Uh, was the plan to almost make him fail going into the year? I kind of see it that way because they got rid of their three best receivers from last year. Uh, Sammy Watkins in a trade. Robert Woods let him go in free agency. Marcus Goodwin let him go in free agency. You know, People complain about him not taking risks, throwing the deep ball. I mean, you got rid of three deep threats and the only receiver you got back was Jordan Matthews, who was far from a deep threat. Um, so no matter how you look at it, he grades out fairly well. Uh, you know, the Bills haven't made the playoffs since I was nine years old. I've seen enough horrible quarterbacks to know that I'm okay with average, and for the time being at least. And you know, maybe they were trying to tank before the season, but you know, you started five and two. You're five and four. Tyrod had one awful game against the Saints. Uh, the they played horribly against the gesture, but he wasn't the blame. Jordan Matthews fumbled the ball with a minute and a half. They lost in the first half. He doesn't fumble. They kick a field goal. It's 10-10. You get the ball, and you're right in the game. You know, Then they go right down, get a touchdown. Then Nick O'Leary fumbles the ball after he thinks he's down. He's not. So <laughs> benching a guy after 38 starts of you know two games above 500 football for a fifth-round draft pick out of nowhere uh, didn't make much sense to me to begin with. Um, waiting as long as they did to to pull Peterman was just mind blowing to me. I mean, can you imagine going in the locker room and let alone the fans going up to Kyle Williams, going up to Lashawn McCoy? Lashawn McCoy said when they asked him about it on Friday last week, he's like, "I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to throw four picks." And <laughs> the funny thing oh, is, he ended up throwing five. Yeah, and 
sure the first one wasn't his fault the pick six that started and went around the fullback's hands but he also threw an out pass up before they punted on third down that easily could have been another pick six like dude i don't know what they could have seen uh to consider it and i, I it just comes down to tyrod being underrated in my mind to to most people i mean he's long been a ras ball favorite uh from a fantasy perspective mostly because of his running and i just i just think it's one bad game and Maybe their big isn't you know to make the playoffs, but I mean, how many good teams are there in the AFC? Legitimately good teams. Three, like, two, right? Two, 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 three. I mean, even I don't even think there's three. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, you it's could the Steelers and the Patriots, right? And yeah. now, okay, even if you throw out the Jags and the Chiefs because the Bills can't win that division, whatever. There's two wild card spots, and even after this abortion of a loss, uh, they're out on a tiebreaker only. Uh, because the Ravens have a better conference record. They're still right in it. The fact that you could come into a press conference today and say you don't know what you're going to do yet at quarterback is just a slap to the face to everyone in that locker room. I mean, the quotes are just amazing. What McDermott's saying, like, oh, we, we really like what Peter, how he looks in practice, and he's he's trying really hard in practice. Like, what is Tyrod showing up hammered out of his mind? Like, I don't... <laughs> it's like they're going out of the way to praise this kid for no reason, and, you know... All offseason, they cleared out so much talent uh, just because they weren't their guys. They were Doug Whaley guys who were either Doug Marone or Rex Whaley guys, depending how far you go back. Um, you know, what, Like I said, all those receivers, you let Gilmore go. You trade Darby away, which was the one that I didn't think made any sense at all, considering he was still super young. And with how Tredavious White has emerged, you would have had a shutdown pair of two guys under 25 years old for going forward. Um, sure, you got these extra draft picks, but you, know, you bring back Jordan Matthews in the Derby trade. He's a free agent, too. Uh, EJ Gaines is hurt just as often as Sammy is, so I just, all they keep saying is trust the process, trust the process, but I'm just, I'm not falling in. I've seen it too long to just get suckered in anymore, basically. All right, you go ahead, Reed. No, um, Viz echoes a lot of the same sentiments that I have. Um, again, Viz and I are the same age, so haven't seen the Bills make the playoffs since I was nine years old. It's pretty much at the point now. Like, I guess the, it's really hard to, like, I guess articulate it because I want to see the Bills make the playoffs. and But I know sort of deep down, like deep down in the long term, they need a, an actual quarterback that can make the tight window throws, that can, not a gunslinger approach, but actually scare teams with his arm. And I know that the weapons in Buffalo haven't been great on the outside. I get that. And I think (laughs) it's important to understand that there can be multiple problems in the same shit show. (laughs) Um, A lot of people are going to look at it. Like, even determining whether to bench Tyrod or not. You have some people saying he doesn't make the throws that the coaches want. He's not executing the offense that the coaches are giving him. And then you have the Tyrod defender saying, well, why is the offense designed like that? Clearly Greg Roman knew what he was doing when the bills were fifth in the league and scoring the past couple of years. Why don't they run that offense? You can have two things be true at the same time. Tyrod isn't the quarterback for the, isn't the answer at quarterback. And Rick Dennison's a terrible offensive coordinator. 
both of those things can be true at the same time. And I think, it, I guess it's frustrating as a Bills fan because you see like potential. Like I, how many weeks in a row have I said, Zay Jones looks like an actual wide receiver now that he got over his like mini rookie slump to start the year. I mean, he looks good out there. And if I feel like there's no targets going towards him. Whose fault is that? Is that the offensive coordinator not getting him the ball? Or is that the quarterback not making a throw that the offensive coordinator puts the play out there for Tyrod or Nate Peterman to get him the ball? Like, I don't know the answer to that question. In my dream world, they somehow get a quarterback in the first round. Rick Dennison exits the franchise after this year. And they bring in a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, that I would mean, be like my dream scenario for the yeah, offense. I mean, I want Dennison gone regardless, personally. I mean, I'm, I would actually consider also, you have two first, two seconds. You have all these extra picks. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing if luck would be available. It, if it costs you a first and another pick, I, I think that's an option worth considering, too. You have $100 million in cap space because you dumped everybody. I'm also fine with, obviously, drafting a rookie, but there's just as much risk in a rookie as luck's shoulder not being any better. But... I didn't mean to cut you off on that. No, you're no, you're. I mean, that makes sense, though. I guess. I mean, in the past weeks, we've talked about how do we even think Luck's going to start, going to be healthy for the start of next year, considering he is in Europe for quote unquote experimental treatment. Yeah, which who knows? God knows what the fuck that means. But it, it's, it's just to me like I, I, it's frustrating. <laughs> it is because I mean, to me, the playoffs mean a little bit more. You you talk. All you hear about all seasons, they want to build this culture of winning all this stuff. And, you know, sure, it was completely fluky based on, you know, turnover luck on the defensive end. Tyrod, one of his, his probably his best skills is lack of turnovers. Now, obviously, that comes because he doesn't take as many risks. But, you know, that, that was a huge part of the bill success. Uh, sure, it might have been fluky, but you're still in it. You're five and four. What are you making this change that you lost to a Saints team who's rolled off eight in a row and looks like a powerhouse? Like that's not enough for me to to throw away two and a half years of starts of average to slightly above average if you go based on a bunch of different metrics quarterback play for again a fifth round pick who just we see nothing of no reason to to make this move if they decided if Tyrod started the game against the Chargers and they lost then you're five and five and you decided you want to go for the high upside play with the Chiefs and Patriots coming up and you want to see what he's got i could almost understand it to a, to a level but i mean the chargers game if they won that game they would have been like 65 percent to make the playoffs based on probability that game was like a 30 35 percent shift it was the highest leverage game of the season so far for one team and to go away from a quarterback who for the most part he, i think he's played two or three really bad games his entire time as a bill against a team who's known to piss away games, like the Chargers have given away so many games, to, to go for this huge risk just made absolutely no sense to me. All right. Um, going to cut off the Bills talk a little bit here. That's uh, can, I say, <laughs> can I say one last thing about the Bills? Fuck oh, be no. careful. Okay. <laughs> no, this is, I just wanted this opportunity to say that, um, do you guys know James Coe? He's like the host on NFL.com Fantasy. Mm-hmm. He, oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so for those people that don't know, he had an article on NFL.com, and he said something along the lines of Tyrod Taylor will outscore Nate Peterman. 
and like everyone blew up on him and they're like, oh my god, this is why NFL.com sucks and why would you say that? That's just like, that's just a bad take. You're, you're trying to make a hot take and it's awful. And then Tyrod Taylor outscores Nathan Peterman and yeah, everyone just loses their mind and he... So I'm pretty sure if Tyrod Taylor never even entered the game. Right. Outscored oh, yeah. Peter, Peter, yeah, Peterman ended yeah. up, I don't even know what it had to be. Negative minus. 10 probably? He was negative six point eight. I okay. think. Okay. Yeah, because you got to add in the the yards he had, but five turnovers, obviously. Oh, he had yards. Ten points off. Yeah, uh, he had somewhat, like sixty-eight yards had, passing. It was funny, like his for his. We had one good throw to Benjamin, which of course got Benjamin hurt. Luckily, right. he didn't blow his knee, but uh, yeah, he ended up with sixty some yards, I think, and he might have ran for a couple. It was, it was, I think. Thinking back on it, it's probably the second worst fantasy game by a quarterback I can ever remember. I remember. Uh, Jake Cutler had a pretty Rex, bad day. Rex Grossman, uh, the game that Denny Smith led, we let him off the hook where they had three uh, three return touchdowns in 121-20. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had like a negative 11 that game, something that oh, was absolutely I missed Devin Hester. Yeah, he was unbelievable. That was, yeah, that was when Grossman played for the Bears, right? Right, yeah, that yeah, was okay. Super Bowl year, I think, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh man, he was he was such a talent when he was in his twenties. All right. Anyway, Zach, um, I want to know if anything impressed you this week. If something surprised you, or what? What was your favorite part of this uh, of this week eleven? Because there were there were some really good games. Yeah. So I I you know obviously the the best moment was probably the Saints Redskins game. Um, it was interesting Alvin because Kamara catch. Yeah, that was insane. But also too. Jay Gruden was out coaching Sean Payton throughout the entire game. And, you know, on the on the fake punt, just offensive schemes. But, you know, the Saints are – that was a legitimate win. Um, I would say my personal favorite moment was, I think, a tie between Brandon Cooks and his long, awesome touchdown. And uh, Jeremy Sprinkle – who caught the touchdown? I believe. Who was <laughs> yeah. it for? I forget his. I forget who uh, played the for. Redskins because that put him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it ten or so, 14? 15. 15. Yeah. So he caught the touchdown. That was a dagger. And immediately in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, Jeremy Sprinkle. And then all of a sudden, my phone buzzes, and it is one Matthew Bowie who texted me in all caps, "Who the f is Jeremy Sprinkle?" And. <laughs> You know, you know, he said what we were all thinking, but no, it was an interesting, it was an interesting week. Um, probably the most frustrated I've ever been was watching the Chiefs against the Giants this week. Oh my God, that it was, was probably that was probably the most frustrated I've ever been because I I had a lot riding on that game from the Chiefs perspective. And that was oh, the most not, beautiful not game even, ever. You weren't even gambling. No, I wasn't gambling. I, I you know, I just had you uh, know you Alex know Smith riding on. No, I, you know, I, you know, I was just, you know, I had a lot of Alex Smith in a lot of my leagues, and just to watch that, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know because I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about that because you know the whole throughout the entire week we're all saying you know Alex or Andy Reid is automatic after the bye. They well, until Smith, Sunday, until Sunday, we didn't know that there was going to be thirty mile per hour winds. Sure, but right? I don't think that was the only issue with the Chiefs' offense. Because, and okay, so if if we're going with the thirty mile an hour win argument, then why didn't they get Kareem Hunt more involved? Well, I'm, they tried to, but they abandoned the run. And I, 
I know Hunt didn't do well, but I'm telling you, the Giants' rush defense is not that good. And they had players missing, too. Vernon was out. One of their linebackers was out. And Kareem Hunt had, like, 30 yards on the ground. Like, I... He got hurt during the game, too. Yeah, I don't understand why they... I don't... It it doesn't add up, guys. It it doesn't add up why they faltered so much. I did see Kareem Hunt have a couple of nice runs. I saw him run for eight and nine yards a couple yeah. times. I saw him make some good cuts and everything. Kareem Hunt's not the problem. He's just not getting the ball. Uh, that's that's what I see anyways. He, but he only uh, what had do 18 I know? carries in that game. Yeah, the five 18 is carries between, for 80, 81 yards is what he had. Uh, 18 for 73. 18 for 73. Three catches yeah, got, for four yeah. yeah, between him and Shark Kendrick, they had seven catches for only 13 yards, too. Like, that just means their screen game was absolutely awful, which is a staple of Reed's success, uh, Andy Reid's success. You know, the funny thing is they get the Bills this week. And <laughs> the way the Chiefs are playing, dude, I will not put anything. If Tyron actually starts this game, I, w- I would not be hesitant to take the Bills with the points. As crazy as that is, after I made probably the biggest bet of my life on the Chargers and uh, picked up Chargers defense in almost every league. Me too. But, I, I put the Chargers in a parlay with the just, Vikings. Just wait for the Chiefs because uh, everyone's going to bet them because of how bad the Bills been. That number is a 10.5. I that number pushes I think like 14, and I would it'll not. Get the, it'll starts, get to 14. Tyrod starts, I would not mind at all taking the Bills with the points. Speaking speaking of uh, defense recommendations slash, you know, just starting defenses, um, do you guys want to hear mm-hmm. some hashtag bad analysis? So, <laughs> so on the podcast I recorded with Stan, and I also kind of added it in some of the some of my answers from post questions and then on my rankings post, I was really into the Cleveland Browns defense um, because of course you were the, well, the reason why was because, you know, obviously a very windy game. Um, it was also just miserable conditions. It was snowing. It was just awful. Um, uh, Leonard Fournette the entire week was complaining about how much he hates the cold. And I didn't even know he was going to start until maybe like 15 minutes before uh, 1 p.m. So, you know, I, I just want to say this about the Browns' defense and just the Browns in general. They're actually, re- like, a really bad organization. Like, their football team is not good. And I know that comes as, a like, a really, really big surprise to a lot of people, but... You Even know, Captain Obvious would have... This, this could be, going this could forward, be big if true. Go, <laughs> going forward, facts only, facts only, going forward, um, maybe don't rely on teams that are not good at football just, just an idea just an idea all right reed uh, what what did you make of week 11 uh fantasy wise um did you i don't know learn anything any any surprises or anything um well in all of my leagues i think every single team i was playing against coordinated to make sure they had baltimore's defense so that was really fucking great to play against mm-hmm. in every possible format Mm-hmm. Um, I a think in of terms of, in terms of things that I learned, uh, Denver's offense is terrible. Denver is just mm-hmm. terrible as a team mm-hmm. and that da- and Dallas is useless without Ezekiel. Elliott. It's not Zeke though. and Tyron Smith. It's oh my Smith. God. It's, Tyron, Smith. it's Smith, dude, yeah. it, useless that team. And Oh, I, I'm sorry. I guess I should rephrase the most important. Those two are very, very, very important. The most important person on the Dallas Cowboys is linebacker Sean Lee. And without him, that defense lost. 
completely confused. They have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They held that their team, own in the first half. They uh, were still the Eagles were still moving the ball up and down the field. And you can play one half of good football. That's fine. But it's a sixty-minute game. Yeah, I mean, to use a, a bunch of Sean McDermott of quotes here because I want to get Viz tilted a little bit. <laughs> like they just they just aren't playing sound football. You have to respect the process. I mean, Cleveland's that way too. Cleveland's a three-quarter team, and then they just blow the game in some different way every week. It's kind of amazing. Oh, Cleveland games are the worst. They're always like twelve to nine going into the fourth quarter, and then oh, the yeah. final score ends up being like twenty-seven to twelve or something. Uh, Viz, uh, why don't you tell us uh, anyone who stood out to you this weekend? Uh, I, I mean, the one thing that kind of stood out to me is I just think more teams should go for two more often, especially if you have a quarterback who's uh, can move around. Did you not want him to kick an extra point, though? I did, especially once they got up, like, whatever, the last score to go up 27 or 26. They yeah. just kicked it then just to see it. But I, I just it's so hard to stop. Like, if I had Cam Newton who can move around to Rodgers when he's healthy – I mean, the Steelers did it for a while, too. It's like, it's so hard to stop two-point. You know, I feel like you're better than 50%, which is all you need to be to break even. I guess you need to be, like, 48% since kickers are 96% on extra points. But, I mean, that kind of stood out to me. I actually think uh, Miami guys could be better going forward if Cutler's actually out because Matt Moore is below average but not as bad as Cutler is. I mean, we saw Kenny Stills get a ton of points in garbage time, so he might be an interesting guy. I mean, they play New England next week, so that should be even more garbage time. I could see some Miami guys being okay options, especially if you like did a DFS team and you, and you wanted to take Patriots, stack them with it, hoping they get a bunch of garbage points. Okay, yeah. Uh, kind of piggybacking off what you kind of said. You brought up the Patriots, not exactly what you said, because uh, mm-hmm. you were talking about garbage time. But what I learned basically is something Zach said about three weeks ago and me and Reed kind of laughed it off, but I mean, we kind of told him it was a good point too, or at least Reed did, but the Patriots defense is actually tightening things up and you don't want to automatically start your players against the Patriots. Um, I ended up, (laughs) I ended up, I I won anyway, but I ended up sitting Keenan Allen uh, in favor (laughs) of, in favor of Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper was going against the secondary. Luckily, I got the touchdown in the fourth quarter. But, oh, my God. <laughs> Keenan Allen went nuts. Um, oh, my God. Like, he was on linebackers a decent like, it, The Bills' defensive plan was just as ridiculous as the, the offensive one was. Like, I bet, and that right there is the number one problem with trying to evaluate the quarterbacks for the Bills. And I put it on Twitter. Frankly, it doesn't matter who the fuck's. Uh, throwing the ball for Buffalo. Their defense is literally just giving up points at nauseum. Like the past three weeks, they've given up like 136 points or something. It's just, just some absolutely ridiculous number. And you sit there and you wonder, like, does it matter who's playing offense? Like, you need a quarterback who's going to score 45 points in a game if if the Bills are going to win, considering how their defense is playing. And no quarterback on their roster is putting up 45 points a game. But Keenan Allen, I started up, was great. Excellent. Always got open. Phil mm-hmm. Rivers, I expect a lot of that again next week, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, since you're ranting about the Bills a little bit, I want to rant about Tampa for just a second. Yes. I don't understand why they're winning. Like, it's because Ryan Fitzpatrick is the GOAT. Yeah, my buddy Greg, who was over last night, would just not stop saying Fitz magic, and I just, oh. 
It was that way in Buffalo for a while, too, and then it became Fitz Tragic. And <laughs> so that should happen soon enough. <laughs> Norm- but, uh, no, normally he has to win. He has to be the starter at the beginning of the year. And then everyone has high expectations, and then he becomes Fitz Tragic. So he, <laughs> he actually um, makes an organization waste a year. So it's not going to happen yet. He'll be he'll get Tampa to like seven wins this year. It'll make and no they're going to pick why. like seventeenth in the draft. So what I wanted to bring up was two weeks ago, Tampa would have had the fourth pick in the draft. If the season ended today, they'd have the fifteenth pick. That's that's the other big problem I have with the Bills going to Peterman. Like now they're still talking about using him. Like even if they lost out and end up with five wins, there's so many bad teams that that's not even going to get you a high enough pick for it to be worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's it's been a terrible. At this point, I expected la- like last year the Bills picked tenth, but they ended up with six wins. Like this year, that's I don't think that's going to happen. The funny thing is about our teams. Uh, I expected the Bucks to be like seven and three by now, and you expected the Bills to be three and seven. And and eight, now, yeah. you guys I are- was expecting two and eight. I'll be <laughs> honest. I I thought two and eight. This is the Bills are bottom three in the NFL in terms of raw talent on the roster. And that's saying something. For and the Bucks team. are top three in 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 terms of raw talent for a team that has Lashawn McCoy on it. They are bottom three in terms of talent. You know, I think they overperformed in their first seven games, which gave people an impression that they were a lot better than they actually are. And like you tweeted, they well, caught some lucky breaks too. They caught sure. ev- they caught like every bounce. But, I mean, also part bounce. of it is just like how many good teams are there in the league. In all honesty, like I'd say six, and four of them are in the NFC. Right? Yeah, that that seems fair. Like even if you go up to seven or eight, like the Bills. You look at who they they've beat. They've beaten nobody. You know their best win is Atlanta, who Julio Jones and Sanu both got hurt during the game, so they had nobody. Uh, you know, otherwise they beat the Jets, the Broncos. Uh, I guess their Oakland win was kind of good in some ways, but Oakland's a mess, and they beat Tampa, and they shouldn't have won that game either. So, you know, it's there's just so many bad teams right now. Yeah, um, I mean, I want to say the Jaguars are a good team, but you can't. I mean, it sounds like really, it sounds so, like really lame to say, but like you can't have a good football team with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. Nah, yeah, I mean, if they get up fourteen somehow, like I don't, the game's almost over. That's not going to happen. So good, playoffs, and and if they get down ten, they're probably dead. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Uh, you know, talking about you know looking forward to the. Um, to the off season, what do you think is more realistic that they keep onto Bortles, that they get Eli Manning, or they get like another free agent quarterback like Kirk Cousins? Drew Brees is a free agent. I, yeah, okay, but I so don't know how realistic Jacksonville is actually in an interesting spot, and I hate to tie it to the Bills, but that trade for Marcel Darius, I saw the stat about how their run defense since they acquired him has improved. First of all, they host they hosted a Chargers team traveling from the West Coast all the way to the East, which and they don't run the ball very well, so cool. They played a Cleveland team who can't do offense, so, like, again, great. And then they played a Cincinnati team that sucks on offense. So, again, like, amazing. Like, way to go. That's not really telling me Marcel Darius is taking you from worst in the league to best in the league in terms of run defense. The problem with the Marcel Darius acquisition is the reason the Bills got rid of him and only got a sixth-round pick, or I guess if Jacksonville makes the playoff, it turns into a fifth-round pick, 
is because his contract was so fucking large. His cap hit was so massive. Jacksonville isn't going to be able to keep the same team next year. They if they get if they don't keep Bortles, they don't even have like a massive amount of cap space because some of the contracts they have are so large. So I don't think they can afford to go get Kirk Cousins. I don't think they can afford to go get Eli Manning. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to dig a little deeper, but I know, like, if if they, I mean, even if they keep Bortles, his options for nineteen million dollars. So like, oh God, no, no. Yeah, like he's his cap hit this year is like six point six, but I mean, I haven't seen one or the other. I don't think they've decided on his option. But like, how can you possibly consider bringing him back for nineteen million? Tyrod Taylor, the Jacksonville Jaguar, next year is uh, actually. I mean, we, I mean, it's surprising. not a bad fit, but I, I mean, I talked about it with Rudy. I or I, we, we and Rudy tweeted out almost simultaneously that I think Arizona is the perfect fit for Tyrod. Yeah, that's kind of where I got that take from, too. Uh, either Arizona or Denver. Yeah, Denver make plenty of sense. Although there's, I'm just going to can I just say something about Denver? John Elway, I think, is an absolute putz of a general manager at this. point. Oh, really? Um, well, yeah. I, like, not, not you got Peyton. He's the goat. Having Having the fact they just fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Mike, McCoy. Mike McCoy, they fired him, and it's because oh well, the offense isn't producing. I'm sorry, and John Elway thinking that oh well, that's got to be the answer to our problems. I'm sorry, is the fact that Trevor Simeon, the Brockening, and Paxton Lynch as your quarterback depth? You're telling me that has nothing to do with how bad your offense is? Are you kidding me? How many no, times I, are you going to sit there and be like, we like the quarterbacks in our room? I hear that from Mike McCarthy up in Green Bay. Makes me think he's the biggest fucking moron on the planet. Every no, time I he says he's horrible. like our quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers should be first ballot Hall of Fame. should win the MVP every year based mm-hmm. on how Green Bay has adapted and looked. Because oh, he, he's the LeBron James of the NFL. He literally is playing with one hand behind his back because McCarthy is so bad as a coach. Yeah, they, they so run like a bad. playground offense, and it just works because Rodgers is so good. So good. Like John Elway, like, and we everyone keeps talking about like, oh, how come Kaepernick hasn't signed? I'm seriously wondering what the hell Denver was thinking. Like, if you're gonna take that defense that was supposed to be elite again, and I think they have a really good secondary still, how the hell do you not get yourself a quarterback that could actually move the ball? How do you sit there and be like Trevor Simeon? He's got it. <laughs> look, look, are you kidding me? Or uh, Brock Osweiler, yeah, let's bring him back because he knows the system. I don't care what fucking system he knows. He sucks. Brock Osweiler Whoa. blows. Si- well, Simeon looked good. By, the, by Cleveland. Whoa. No, he looked good in like, the first like three weeks of the what? NFL season. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah, you, can true. you can definitely blame Elway for being a bad you know, general manager in terms of drafting because he did spend a second-round pick on Osweiler. He spent a first-round pick on Paxton Lynch, who, my God, I mean, if he can't play over either of these guys the way they're playing right now, that's just a bigger indictment on Lynch than Vance Joseph or whoever's deciding who to play at quarterback. You know, so I mean, in that regard, yeah, he he's gonna be have a, he's gonna have a grace period because he did get him a Super Bowl because he got Peyton Manning to go there. But uh, I mean, it's like the same thing with the Colts; they got by for so long because they had Peyton, but they had nothing else around him. If they had more guys around him, then who knows how many Super Bowls they could have won? It. it you're right, though. The secondary is great. Von Miller is as good as it gets for, for D lineman, but otherwise, it's very ugly. 
All right, Zach. Um, oh, Reed, did you have something to add? No, I just wanted to like get that thing. I saw that Denver did that. I'm like, oh my god, how dumb are you? Oh, like <laughs> that. That's like that's saying that's like saying for a sinking ship with holes all in the bot that the that the the bottom that the reason it's sinking is because the flags aren't flying right. Like, no, there's obviously a massive problem down here that you're just completely avoiding. How about get some fucking quarterbacks? How about get a quarterback in there that can throw the ball? How about that? Like, my God. I, I don't understand what's... How do some of these people make so much money? And I feel like now I'm going to have a harder rant than Viz did earlier. I don't understand how some of these people make front office decisions and actually get paid to do it. Like, I'll take half of what they're making and I'll make an actually reasonable decision. Mm, yeah. Like, if Jacksonville gives Blake Bortles a, that $19 million uh, fifth-year option... What are you doing? I don't doubt if that I'm, it will happen. If I'm the, I don't either. Especially, I mean, I feel pretty safe saying they're going to win the division. If you look at who they have to play the rest of the way, their schedule is an absolute joke. I mean, it starts this week with the Cardinals, and it's just they they play at Pittsburgh. Or no, they already beat Pittsburgh. I don't even know who they have that's any good. I'm trying to bring it up now, but I think they play Tennessee again. They do play Tennessee again, but I don't think Tennessee's any good either. No, because Mike Malarkey's a bum as well. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, I mean they. All right, so they play at Arizona. They play Indy at Seattle, or no, home against Seattle. Uh, Houston, who's useless now, at San Francisco and at Tennessee. Like Jacksonville could easily end up like twelve and four, and then they won't get rid of Bortles. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, I could see it happening too. And right, it will Zach. still be the wrong decision. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's and that's where it comes down to. That's still the wrong decision. No, I I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Zach, gonna give you some talking yes. time. Okay, so before I before I just say some thoughts about this week, uh, this week eleven action, I want to say Reed is having like a great show. I I just wanted to throw that out there. Just some just some angry analysis. It's not even like hot. you should you should go to college for motivational speaking or yeah. just being like a counselor or something. Well, like, no, actually, actually, I'll go to school for sport or for like economics and then uh, move my way up the uh, the the corporate ladder and get to like a director of player personnel. And like my first move will be like getting uh, read just so he can be like in the corner and say, Zach, that's a terrible decision. What are you talking about? And I'll be like, that's a great call, Reed. And then I'll make the right decision, and then I'll get blasted for it on this podcast. Um, but <laughs> Everything comes full circle. It, yeah. it does. So I'll just say some thoughts uh, from the games. So in Baltimore, um, obviously the story about this was their defense, but Alex Collins had 20 rushing attempts on the ground, and Woodhead had only one. Meanwhile, through the air, Woodhead had uh, six targets. So... Obviously, moving forward, um, you know, Collins, you're starting him in standard leagues. I don't mind Woodhead, depending on the matchup in PPR. Um, for the Tampa Bay-Miami game, it, you know, it, it's good to see that, uh, that Jarvis Landry was productive. But a lot of that production came with um, Matt Moore in the under center. So, same with Kenny Stills' production. Yeah, same with Kenny Stills' production. So I don't – what's the – I don't know what the – Diagnose. I don't know what the what's the takeaway is. The takeaway For, is that Jake Cutler sucks. No, but I'm saying Miami. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like ten what, million dollars. How long is Cutler going going to be out, or is he not going to be out? 
Oh, I mean, I think he's, Matt Borg I mean, he's concussed, so I mean, it depends when he's cleared, if at all. I mean, he's... when's he not concussed? I mean, what <laughs> what what tells you that Jay Cutler is concussed? Because he looks aloof all the time. So I just don't I don't understand how you can tell. Like what what do you yeah, say besides, <laughs> yeah. besides Jay? How many fingers am I holding up? Whatever. Like it's gonna be like that all the time. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, and yeah. again, the AFC, the AFC is so bad. Like, I really think if Matt Moore started the whole year, you could see the Dolphins would have ended up in a playoff spot. Like, yep. I mean, they're only one game out now, so it's not like they're dead, but it's extremely unlikely. And yeah, the, I, Moore is competent enough, and I really, I think Gase is a really good coach, but I don't know, just going to Cutler seemed bizarre to begin with all along. Yeah, like just everyone trying to avoid signing Kaepernick. So, <laughs> so, and then also people don't this, forget. <laughs> people don't forget. So also in this game, I think it's safe to say that you can cut Doug Martin because he's pretty oh, much so trash. worthless. Did you know? Um, I think it's over the past three seasons he's only had one game where he's averaged over three point nine yards per carry. That's good. That that's, is that's the sign of a good running back. <laughs> and Zach, did you know that your boy Leonard Fournette actually Adrian Peterson now has more six yard carries than uh, Leonard Fournette this year? I'm just gonna ignore that. All right, so moving on to <laughs> Minnesota and the Rams. Uh, Minnesota is hold on, legitimate. hold on, hold on. I just want to say, okay, um, yes, you were right. Since, All right, since moving Reed, on, um, no, 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 no. Since Reed is on the show now, I think it's a good habit. Um, since I think actually, actually, since Rudy kind of brought it up in a comment the other day, it's a it's a good habit to uh, talk about the over under, like right when we introduce the game, because that's kind of how he uh, picks the defenses, and that's kind of how he rank how he ranks them a little bit is kind of what he said. So uh, yeah, I'm tying. Let me just tie into that quick too. If you look at this week's these upcoming week games, there are so many games with. Massive point spreads. We have the Steelers, 14.5-point favorites against Green Bay. Uh, Seattle, minus 8 against San Fran. Phillies, 14.5 against Chicago. New England, 17.5. Atlanta's 10 against Tampa. Kansas City's 10.5, and I guarantee that number's going up. Bengals are pushing 10 against Cleveland. Uh, you can see some somewhat disappointing performances from quarterbacks this week only because these teams get so far ahead and mm-hmm. – they just run out the clock, and I would give a, a boost to a lot of running backs that are on these teams that are favorites because yeah. they're just going to be killing clock. They're up so much. Yeah, That's a great point. All right, Zach. Uh, so uh, the line uh, right yeah. now, uh, Minnesota's favored by two and a half, and I believe the over-under is at 44 and a half right now. So what are your thoughts on this game? This is the noon game on Thanksgiving. So, wow, I was not prepared to answer this question. Um, <clears throat> do, do you want me to take this one? Or yes, you, yeah, Go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, Minnesota has shown that it looks really good. They're probably the second, third best team in the NFC. I think they're going to run away with the division. This just smells like a game where Detroit lose. They get down by a lot, and then Matt Stafford comes roaring back with great numbers to Golden Tate. And Theo Riddick gets like two touchdown receptions, and they still find a way to lose. But yeah, I, I, I like this over to win the game. Amount. I mean, I know the first time they played it was fourteen to seven, but if you look at Detroit's last six games, they all go over this total with ease, except the the Pittsburgh Sunday night game. I mean, sure, you might get somewhat of a slow start being an early game, but 
Uh, I kind of like both offenses to to move the ball, but I think the Vikings take care of business. I don't know. I'm still not buying into Detroit, even yeah. though they're six and four. That okay. So another thing that I when I was writing my article last night, I looked back at Matthew Stafford. His he's six games in a row. He's gone over 15 fantasy points. Like he he is a must start. Like he's really consistent this year. Uh, yep. I just I just wanted to throw that in there. I think Minnesota's, like you said, is is not going to have a problem this week against Detroit. I think Case Keenum, uh, I think if he's on your waiver wire, he needs to be on your roster. I don't think after this week he will be on anyone's waiver wire because I, uh, I think all the Teddy Bridgewater talk is going to start to die off because um, I know a lot of people are probably running out of transactions and don't want to pick up a quarterback that they know that they think might not have a job in two weeks, but I think you're safe to pick up Case Keenum. And I think with how well Adam Thielen is playing this year, that Stefan Diggs has just kind of disappeared a little bit. Um, he had four catches yesterday, I believe, for 39 yards. But Adam Thielen's just the, the star of the show in, in Minnesota. And yeah, I, I like Case Keenum going forward, especially this this week against uh, Detroit's defense. Zach, do you have anything to add? Uh, yes. Um, you were right about Adam Thielen versus Stefan Diggs. Well, Thank I'll say you. as of Why now. Why don't you say that again? I'll say as of now because if we're talking rest of career, I not season. I said this six weeks ago. Yes. However, I'm still not fully convinced, like, rest of career for the next couple of years. Adam Thielen he is plays, the better. He just, oh, my God. I'm just not. I'm not right. I to think they're. I just yet. honestly think they're both amazing. They like, are both yes. amazing. They are both amazing. Um, and then in for if we, you know if I just can say one thing about this backfield of Minnesota, Latavius Murray looks good, but I think a lot of his production is just because Minnesota's up by a lot really early in a lot of these games. Minnesota did not go up until the fourth quarter yesterday. Oh boy. So anyway, um, <laughs> I want to say to be fair, they have been up a lot until this week. And <laughs> so that is not that's a, that's a I good just point. like to that's be Zach's take, police. No, that <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. Um, I will I will reconsider. I, I admit when I'm wrong, so I'm wrong, Matt. You are. Wrong I about don't that. do that though. So um, and then I want to say one thing about week eleven, just really quick in. The Houston-Arizona game, I think moving forward, DeAndre Hopkins is matchup-proof just simply because his floor is 10 targets. Yesterday was a quiet day, and he had four catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so he just based off the fact that he is by far and away the best receiving option for Houston. <laughs> Again, okay, another you say very obvious take. I, I mean, he's he's I mean, is it really? Is he going to wait till he plays Jalen Ramsey? Right, that's the only one. And well, no, know. they. Well, does Ramsey shadow because they'll move him around if not? Because I know oh, Peterson Ramsey shadows. will shadow. Oh yeah, yeah, but Ramsey. against Peterson. But is Ramsey that much better than Patrick Peterson this year? No. Yes. No. Yes. There's no way, yes. dude. Oh my God, yes. I no, mean, Patrick Peterson has been better. playing really is well. The rest of the Jaguars' defense that much better than Air- the rest of Arizona's defense? Well, yes. no, but is the Peterson rest of Jaguars' shadow, defense though. going to yeah. slaughter Tom Savage? They're going to savage Tom Savage. I, I mean, I can whenever I he snaps know. the ball. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Zach. On it. I think he's completely master proof. I think I mean, he's master proof just based off of played, targets. They played the first game of the year, and he had 16 targets. Like I know they were down and switched to Watson for the second half, but 
he's just good. They're gonna throw it to him so much. Like I don't. I wouldn't. The only reason he's matchup proof is because he's fucking cheating the whole game. I mean, he's (laughs) he and (laughs) to his to. I mean, he's gotten really good at hiding it. He is really good at creating space by being able to hide his push-offs. Uh, Mike Evans is the same way, but he's not as good, which is why he gets more PI calls. Uh, I actually, I have seen Deandre get a few PI calls this year, but uh, it's, it's what makes him great is he's a, a really physical receiver. And the problem with Jalen Ramsey, the Jalen Ramsey matchup is that Jalen Ramsey is the most physical corner in the league. In my opinion, um, if we're talking about the elite corners in the league. So that's going to be tough. I mean, um, that's week 15, too. That's a playoff matchup for everyone. So that is that is obviously a, a huge decision you're going to have I, to make. I just don't think point. you should be benching him based off of no, the matchup God, because no. his floor is just insane. Yeah. Yeah, he'll put up 50 yards and hopefully okay, get a touchdown. Well, Matt, you don't need to get high-pitched, boss. Okay, I'm gonna mo- okay. I'm gonna move this along. I'm gonna take over the uh, reins here. Um, the what you, what the you, Sunday what do you mean? Na- the Thursday what do you night mean? game on, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> How are the Giants only seven point dogs playing at the Redskins? Oh, that's because gonna that's gonna be up to nine by Thursday. That should be up to yeah. like fifteen. That's the dead zone. I mean, there's no difference really between seven points or ten points. So that number is gonna at least get up to ten. But I mean, people are biased, you know, because the, they just beat the Chiefs. And so I think that's going to keep the number down. Plus, Washington just pissed away that game against the Saints, and the difference between being five and five and four and six is drastic, considering how many good teams there are in the NFC. So, I mean, I would kind of expect the the Redskins to take care of business, but at the same time, like I just have no idea what the Giants are going to do. I mean, they lost to the Niners; they get absolutely run by the Rams, and then yes, I know the win was involved, but you know, they- so I, I I think when I have a few IPAs in me on uh, Thursday evening and uh, a belly full of turkey and all, all the sides. I I'm, I may play the New York Giants. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. That's not, that's not a good call, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, though. It? I'll say this, though, about the matchup. You know who could be a sneaky option? Like, really sneaky? Mom. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> just kidding. Go Wait, on. did you say my mom? Yeah. Oh, just, I'm okay. I, I, just didn't, I just didn't know what you said. Okay, I got you. Um, I think a sneaky candidate, if you don't have anything, you know, if you don't have anyone else to start, could be Shane Vereen. Just based off of this matchup and how well, um, how well uh, Kamara did against this, they're very, they're very prone to pass catching running backs. And you know, obviously, you're starting Darkwa. You know, as we saw last week with Ingram, mm-hmm. just they're they're obviously much better. Um, in the secondary than they are uh, on the ground, like they're a, a funnel funnel to the run type of defense. So I, I like the you know if the Giants if the Giants win this game, it'll be because of Darkwa. Yeah, the only thing that would scare me about Vereen is just that Gallman got some catches too. I don't yeah, know. Like, Gallman, yeah, late, late yeah, all quarter. three could be all three could be in play. Is is it pretty much like a guarantee that Sterling Shepard is going to play? Because it was just what, what why yeah, was he yeah, out again? Because- I don't know. He uh, had migraines, right? Okay. But I mean, we saw like that ruined Percy Arvin's career. So oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not that. gonna make any like real assumptions. I mean, I would, I'd say the vast majority of the time he'll be fine to play. But I guess you never know completely. That's a good call. How how can the NFL treat migraines? Like how 
what sub can you take uh, a painkiller for it if you're in the NFL? Or no, the, I don't know. In all honesty, I I know this isn't probably ever going to happen, but I think just if the if the um I'm sorry, I just got totally distracted by a, <laughs> a dick. No, no, what Reed just t- uh, tweeted. <laughs> I mean, Reed just tweeted out a, f- a photo of a funnel. <laughs> he said, "Live look at Razball Zach giving defensive analysis." <laughs> uh, 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 um, oh man, that really caught me off guard. What was I talking about? Oh, I was I talking no about. Um, dude, I have migraines. No, I was talking about. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think this will ever happen. But if the NFL wanted to be like really, really awesome, I think they would do something in like a more lenient policy towards medical marijuana or just marijuana oh, in general. Oh, sad. Yes. Because, because <laughs> wait, wait, what did you yes. say? I'm just kidding. Oh, I didn't even... They, 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 they raised the threshold. I just so think that... Pretty much as long as you don't That's the answer to a whole bunch of problems that can just easily be sorted out if they just took like a really relaxed policy on it but i don't think that would ever happen because well, roger goodell that, wants like 50 million dollars in a private plane first of all good on roger goodell for asking for that yeah i mean at least he good has the guts him. to good on him all and secondly fuck jerry jones Oof. dude dude is like a worse ver is our generation's worst version of al davis at his worst like i think jerry yeah, jones racist. is like, Jerry Jones, well, among many other things, Jerry Jones is going to like kind of hurt the league quite a bit. First of all, Papa John's, like, easy, guys. Um, I guess part of the thing I was... I forgot, Oh, for the migraines. The NFL isn't really going to be able to do anything about it because the players need to be out there. Until players get guaranteed contracts... If players had guaranteed guaranteed contracts, then they wouldn't be pressured to going out and playing hurt, right? Because if there's no guaranteed contract, and they think, well, if I if I'm like banged up and I can't play, then I'm deemed to be injury prone, and they'll cut me. Mm-hmm. But and that's the problem. You get guaranteed contracts. Players will actually listen to the med- They'll actually be truthful with the medical staff and be like. Yeah, I can't feel my right hand. Like, okay, maybe he should sit out. Like, yeah, maybe I should sit out. But now it's I can't feel my right. It's my hand. My right hand doesn't hurt because I can't feel it. And they'll leave out the part that they can't feel it. And the medical staff is like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's good to go. Also, God, medical you, staff, you remember the like- independent the independent uh, spotter for concussions is a complete bozo at every game. I don't you know what like- they're paying that guy to do. You remember, but he like, doesn't do his job. Years. You remember like three or four years ago, Rob Gronkowski, I think it was either the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl, uh, he obviously got a concussion, um, and then a reporter asked him about it, and like he got really weird about it uh, because he, he wanted to be out there and everything, and uh, he kind of... I forgot exactly what he said. It's been, it's been so long. I think Zach was still a toddler when this happened. So uh, like two years ago? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. All I, mean, Gron- I mean, to be fair, Gronk's still different than Cutler. How the hell could you tell if he's concussed or not? With that? <laughs> no, he no. Comes out of- exactly. <laughs> well, if Cutler doesn't have a cigarette in his hand, then maybe he's concussed. 
Gronk just has nothing upstairs like at any time. So it's hard. hard I, was for him. I was listening to pardon my take last week. Um, and Julian Edelman was on and he was talking about how smart Gronk is, or he was trying to make a case for how smart Gronk is. And his case was basically that he's good at remembering numbers and plays and he always has a positive attitude. So I think so halfway, so halfway Gore and he got a four on the wonder look. So I think halfway <laughs> through his his take of Gronk is smart, he realized, wow, this is ah, I should have thought this through better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two of my old uh, college roommates, one Gronk's from Buffalo. He went to the same high school as my two roommates, and boy, they said he was. Uh, yeah, less sharp than he even comes across. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, we got one more game because Zach has to go to preschool classes tonight. Um, <laughs> we have the Packers, I'm sorry, not the Packers. We have the Chargers at Dallas. It's the mid afternoon game. It is now a pick 'em. Uh, I, let me open up the app. You guys kill some time real quick. I want to look at the over-under and let's read. I think, you it, have I think it's 48. Yeah, yeah also, 48. Matt, when you're doing that, check Twitter. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, for this Chargers-Dallas game, I don't think I think people are going to overreact and say, you know, obviously, you know, start all your Chargers against, against um, the Cowboys. <laughs> what's the status on... <laughs> What's the status on Sean Lee and uh, Smith? Lee, I know, know, is not gonna. Lee's not gonna play. They said they're hoping for the game after. I don't know about Smith though. Smith's a game time as the ambulance chaser writer of for Razball. Let me just throw the knowledge in there. Uh, Sean Lee is not playing, which is why I think you still start every single LA Charger. And Smith is going to be a game time decision. He, they can't roll him out yet, mainly because they're like hoping and praying that he can play. I still think it's going to be ugly. I think, I still think the Chargers should have no problem scoring. None I don't, whatsoever. I don't think the Dallas going to have much trouble either. I, I think this should be a pretty high scoring game. I mean, the crazy I think thing Ty- is, I think Tyron Smith's going to be back. Sorry to interrupt you. No, uh, if you look at the Chargers schedule, I mean, if, if you count this game as a pick and whatever. They're going to be an underdog in only one game the rest of the year, so they're not dead for the playoffs yet, as bad as it is. And like talent-wise, I probably think they should be there because they just, like I said, they pissed away so many games. I'm not convinced Anthony Lynn's a good coach, and you know they'll probably end up blowing some game. You know, would it shock me if they give Cleveland their first win in two weeks? Not really, because that's just who San Diego or Los Angeles has been the last few years. But yeah, I would guess. I don't know. I think I feel confident playing most of my guys in this game personally just because I, Sean Lee makes such a difference, and I don't want to overreact to one bad game from Dallas. I know Zeke was gone, but if Tyron Smith comes back, I think you see Dallas uh, give it their best shot in this game. Yeah, I actually did end up betting on this game, and I went with, uh, I went with the Cowboys as, as a pick because they're at home, and... Uh, I, th- I think they'll be able to score on San Diego if if they're able to keep Joey Bosa off of Dak Prescott's ass. I mean, if you um, guess what the spread was going to be two days ago, if you look at a look-ahead number, I bet the number was closer to three, honestly. And mm-hmm. just because of how the Chargers won and how Dallas lost, I think that shifted the number quite a bit. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to wrap us up. Zach's got to get out of here. 
and we will get this up for Tuesday morning. That way we'll have a couple days of play before Thanksgiving. Um, Viz, why don't you give us your why don't you give us your Twitter handle? Oh, it's just at RazzballViz. Uh, you know, basketball podcast is going to with tail. Uh, oh, he's still alive. Uh, kind of. Ooh. <laughs> it's hard to figure out times to get him out, but uh, it, <laughs> from time to time he is obviously hockey with Reed every week. Uh, so glad you guys had me on. I, oh, absolutely. Whenever, whenever you want me, I'm available. So uh, Every time the Bills lose, Viz is ready. So, no, all right, we'll see you next week. Yeah, if Peterman actually starts again on Sunday, then... God forbid, I don't even know what's going to happen. I, there's a 100% chance I just won't even watch the game. They'll have completely broken me as a fan if they oh, decide to start Peterman again. All right, Reed, why don't you uh, give us your Twitter handle and anything you got going on with the hockey site besides the podcast? Uh, it's uh, at ReedCash17, R-E-I-D-K-A-S-H-1-7. Um, outside of the podcast, we like I don't normally do a lot of the writing for the podcast. Viz does a great job with the daily write-ups and general, um, general like stories and whatnot. But Damn, Viz, you're a busy man. Yeah, he is a busy I, I man. Write, I'm the only guy writing for hockey at the moment, uh, but that's what it is. I'm used to it for the past. Well, no, last year was the same way. The first year I did it, there was a couple of us, but not a big deal. Yeah, yeah but right. the hockey podcast is always fun. The good thing with hockey is that there's always a couple of days a week where there's only two or three games, so I don't. It's not like I'm writing every day like Gray is for for baseball during the season. <laughs> yeah, it's I love I love reading his uh, his everyday blurbs that he that he puts out. Eating him in person was great. Like he's just he's the same guy as he comes across as his writing. It's awesome. Nice, nice, uh, Zach. Uh, your Twitter handle. Uh, you guys can follow me on the Twitter machine at Razball underscore Zach. And you can find me at Razball underscore MB. And be sure to check out my Sunday review article that came out on Monday. And then we have rankings coming up on Wednesday. And I think that'll be it for the week for us. So everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving. And thanks for tuning in.